You know what? I can't think of a. Um, that's one of my favorite songs. I think it uh, transcends whatever holiday we're singing about, especially Christmas and Easter. For me, at Christmas time, it really resonates with me because this is God's love on display. God's love. When we talk about the gospel, and I can't say it enough, when we talk about the gospel, the gospel message of Jesus Christ is this: You don't. We don't deserve anything. And in our natural state, we are separated from God. And there's nothing we can do. There's absolutely nothing. Um, how good we can live, how hard we try. There is nothing that we can do that can restore that brokenness between us and God. That's how devastating sin is. That's how holy God is. And the Gospel says that there is nothing you can do. You need a Savior. And oh, by the way, I'm going to provide you a Savior. That's the Gospel. That's the good news. The good news is, without a Savior, we're done. But yet God says, I love you so much, I will provide a way back to you. Guys, let me ask you a question. When people start debating with you over other religions, let me ask you one question. What other God in any other religion comes and saves His own people? What other God steps down? What other God says, you don't have to live up to my expectations, I will provide a way for you to be, for you to live up to my expectations. Can anyone name another religion where the God says, I will provide it for you? That's what we're talking about. That's what Christmas is about. Christmas is about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that says, I love you immeasurably beyond anything that you can ever imagine. Anything beyond what you could ever do. And guys, that in that song, when it says hearts and lives are waking up, what I imagine is this, or what I see is this, is this moment where an individual comes to the realization that we serve an incredible, amazing, loving God. That's what it means to wake up. That's what it means when I say, you know what? I can't do this on my own. It means that I can't this life that God is calling me to. And it's waking up when I realize, are you ready for this? That I don't have to. That it's living in surrender and submission to the will of God. And He does it all for me. There are many, many, many people that will not discover that and wake up to that. And that is sad. Jesus said that uh, wide is that gate to destruction, but narrow is the path to, you know, to righteousness. Many people will miss it. And unfortunately, there's probably many people that attend church on a daily basis or, you know, a, a weekly basis. They may serve. They may do all the things they're supposed to do, but they're still missing the point of the gospel. They haven't woken up yet. I pray that that's none of us sitting in here this morning, especially Today on Christmas Eve, where tomorrow it is about. It's about God's love on display. Where God says, I will come to you. I will become flesh to you. So that you don't have to do this. Because even if we did that, we still can't measure up to God and his love. And it's amazing. So. I pray today is an awesome day for you. I pray today that 
this morning we can have that moment where maybe hopefully we can remove distractions. Uh, all the stuff that's going on in our lives right now. We've got Christmas. Uh, you know, I get that there's a lot of stuff that that bombards us right now, right? There's a lot of things that can distract us from that. Um, uh, historically, I should say, or every year, we leave after the Christmas Eve service, my family and I, and we go back uh, to West Virginia. We're almost heaven, okay? And, no, no, Michigan's not heaven. No, no, no. I love Michigan, but it's not heaven. West Virginia's almost heaven, so anyhow. Yes, right. We have to go through, you know, where to get to almost heaven. But anyhow, another story, right? Okay, uh, anyhow. So anyhow, today, I'm like, usually uh, my brother-in-law come down. We usually have this service late at, in the evening, and I hang, hang out and then go out to the... But today, I was like, you know, I'm going to go home, you know, do the morning service and then head out. And then uh, Pat, Melissa Finnegan, some others are going to, to put together a service uh, later at 630, Right. That service is going to be different than today, okay, this morning. It's going to look different. It's going to look, so please, if you, if, please come back if, if you uh, have some time and you want to worship together again. Please come back. It's going to be different than what we're doing today, okay? There's going to be llamas and, and uh, alpacas and all kinds of stuff. That, I'm joking. Anyhow, there may be. I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't know. So uh, anyhow, I just ruined the element of surprise for you. Uh, but anyhow, please come back. But anyhow, so we go back, and so, um, you know, I thought today, you know, uh, instead of instead of making a couple trips, let's pack the family in uh, together, and we'll go to church together. I can really relate with you guys, with young families right now, okay? This is why we bring two vehicles to church on Sundays, because I want to tell you something. You talk about distraction, you know, for me, and I've got to put a check on myself, because it's, I can, whew, I tell you what, man, that's where I can start. Uh, really appreciating the grace of God in my life, okay? No more to be said about that. Anyhow, I pray that, that we can, uh, we can remove all distractions and we can just enjoy, um, being in the presence of God. And, and, and let me say this real, real quick. I don't want us to just enjoy it. That's not my heart. My heart is that God enjoys it. The, this is about bringing God glory, giving Him His glory. And so I pray that's what happens. So today, we're gonna wrap up our last, or unwrap, um, our last uh, uh, series that we're, the series we're doing uh, for the Christmas, uh, for this Christmas season, and each week, remember, I don't know what I'm speaking on, okay, and this is where if we had some dun-dun-dun music, that would be very appropriate, right, as we undo the last, the last uh, gift, and this comes from you guys when I asked you guys to respond, so, today we're going to be talking about, very appropriate, we're going to be talking about, and I remember I haven't seen these, we're talking about His love, the topic would really, as we brought some of these together, the topic is really this, His love, the gift of Christ. Here are some, um, here are some statements that were made by you guys, this is what you wrote on your cards, remember I said, please write down, God overwhelms me by, you know, dot, dot, dot. God, over, God overwhelms me by the gift of His Son. God overwhelms me by how much He loves me. Why? That's a, I mean, that's a pretty profound question. God overwhelms me with His perfect, undeserved love for me. Exclamation point. God overwhelms me by putting His only Son through the pain and suffering that He never deserved. God overwhelms me because He looked down through time 
I love this one, and I haven't seen this, but I've, I think this is something that, I've, that I can resonate with because I think this way too. God overwhelms me because he looked down through time and saw my sins and died for them, comma, me, or quote-unquote me. I'm free because of this great sacrifice of love. God overwhelms me by his love, unlimited, eternal, powerful, sacrificial, constant, undeserving, never-ending agape love. And then last, God overwhelms me by how much He cares for me, no matter what. Hey, real quick, I'm going to touch on one, and then uh, hopefully some of you will respond to this. Or if you if you didn't respond and you would like to, we're going to have a mic that's going to come around here. And if you would, please just uh, stand here in a minute and just share. But I want to I want to I want to real quick expound on this one just very quickly. It says God overwhelms me because He looked down through time and saw my sins and died for me. And I'm free because of the great sacrifice of love. How do you believe in God, in a sense? Do you believe God is a God that just kind of put things in order and kind of stepped back and He's allowing things to happen? That's, that is a thought. There is a thought out there that says, well, God, there is a God, but when He created everything, He just kind of put things in motion and He kind of steps back and He's not really involved in His creation. There's also a thought that many, that many Christians hold, uh, evangelical Christians I would, probably uh, would say this. That God knows things, but He doesn't have unlimited knowledge. Which way do you believe? Or, there's another thought that says this. God has unlimited knowledge. God is God. God can foresee all things. God can see things clear through uh, to the end of time. Or, or, and beyond, what, you know, or, as we would know time. So how do you believe? Because that is very impactful to the way you look at God's sacrifice, right? Think about this for a second. And this is one that I've, this is why I resonate with this one pretty, a lot. Because I've thought about this so much and as I think about it, it just over, it overwhelms me of God's love. Psalm 139, David writes and says this, you knew me before I was even formed in the womb of my mother. If I, if I could paraphrase, right? You knew me before, um, I was even, you know, conceived. Right? If God knows, and David in that situation, but let's take me, Gail, Gail Rubel Jr. If, if God knew Gail Rubel Jr. and he knew me and he knew exactly what I was going to be about and what I was going to do and the things that I was going to get into and the sin that I was going to commit against God, but yet he still loved me enough to extend salvation to me, Holy cow, that is overwhelming to me. Not just my past sins. Many of us, we, we get all on board about the past sins. You know, we say, oh, God, forgive me about my past sins. Yes. Do you realize that God knows the sins that you're going to commit tomorrow and on? Guys, I don't want to burst your bubble, but I'm sorry. You're going to sin. I'm sorry. You're going to sin. We're human. Now, hopefully you're not someone... That that's your lifestyle because then something's off. Okay, I get that. But when we say, well, I'm not, I don't really sin any longer. I would put a check on that and I would be very careful. I would be very careful. But God doesn't only know, know my, the way I would, the way I believe. God doesn't only know my past sins. He knows my present and he also knows my future. And my mind is blown that if he knows all of that and he knows what I don't even know that I'm going to do in the future, which scares me. And yet he still says, Gail, I love you. 
Gail, I'm still going to put your sins on the cross. And I'm going to extend my grace and salvation to you. Could someone stand right now, take the mic and tell me, is there another greater definition of the gospel of Jesus Christ? God is so incredibly powerful and wonderful. So let me share some. I want you to share. Okay, if you wrote one of these down or even if you would like to contribute very quickly with a few words, would you stand and please use the mic so that we can all hear you um, because it's a blessing. So if you would, why don't you stand? Does someone have, could someone expound on one of these or could someone just, if you would be led to stand and just kind of share how God overwhelms you uh, with his love and the gift of Jesus Christ. So please go ahead, stand up. I'll follow that because um, Gail pretty much said what was in my heart. He didn't read one of mine, but mine was very similar. Um, the week prior to him asking that question, I was driving down the road and listening to Caleb on the radio. And um, you know how they have like somebody that comes on there, a pastor or something that does an encouraging story or something. And I believe it was uh, Louis Pala, but he was talking about this very thing. And you know how you're kind of like not really listening, but you are. That was me. I had a lot of other things on my mind, and I wasn't really paying attention to what he was saying. But when he got to this part, <clears throat> for some reason, everything left my mind. And God joined me in my van. And what he said was, yes, God died for all mankind. And it's easy for us to think of God in that way and Jesus sacrificing for all mankind. But then he added, he did it for you. And he made it very personal. And God just, just kind of like I said, he came down inside my van and sat beside me and in a fresh new way reminded me that Jesus died for me as an individual. He saw my sin, not the sins of the people that lived thousands of years ago when he was crucified, but he saw mine. And that's what really overwhelmed me that week and continues to overwhelm me. Um, God has overwhelmed me, especially in the last three or four days. Um, through me accepting Christ into my life and, you know, putting him first, he has also forgiven the sins and has extended his love to my son. He has not um, accepted Christ and he's made that very clear, but it's, it overwhelms me to know that I have a God that will forgive him and accept him through me. To me, that is very overwhelming. We, we were gone the week that Gail got these cards given back, so we didn't get a chance to do that. We were, uh, up at, uh, I think we were up at Eric's house or church, but anyway, if I'd have had a card to to write, I would have really blown you away, Gail. Because, but <laughs> we we should all be getting up and and saying something Absolutely. this morning because he doesn't have anything prepared, and and if we want him to talk, then if we don't want him to talk, then we should all get up and, and continue this. So hearts right? and minds are waking up finally, right, Gail? right? Finally, that's what I was thinking. So anyway. I'll make this as long as I can, so I'll take you Please. off the hook. Uh, I'm involved in uh, some of the, the reading tonight uh, at the Christmas Eve service, and uh, basically uh, most of it is the 
uh, Christmas story, but it, I, one one little verse really caught my eye, and I don't know if it's just because of the the interpretation that it was uh, taken from, but it said that that his rule will rule his his rule will rule forever, and we actually sang it in the one song here. It's, it said, "His governance will rule forever," and you think about forever is a long time, and we we kind of don't think about that as much as maybe we should. Maybe some of us do, but uh, that that just really struck struck me that uh, his his rule is forever, and it's and it's scripturally stated that. Uh, you know, it's not going to end anytime soon. It's been a couple thousand years, and here we are still celebrating the birth of Christ. So mm-hmm. enjoy the day, and uh, somebody else say something so Gail doesn't have to talk. <laughs> I, I want to say thank you, but I'm not sure, Keith. So. <laughs> I witnessed the car accident last week on 223 where I believe the person died, but that was okay because that person went home. And God filled me with that, overwhelmed me with the sense that we all get to go home and we all get to be with God. And he's waiting for us. And we have this lifetime to show him how much we love and appreciate and to be a part of that overwhelmness of we eventually get to go home too. Thank you. Well, we had an interesting conversation with our six-year-old last night, um, and it just made me think, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I'm still getting over being a little sick, but um, it made me kind of think about um, how the doubt exists in a lot of our minds about God and about Jesus and about um, just his creation and how big he is, and um, she was really just like, she's our um, our deep thinker anyway, so she's... Um, it was just kind of blew us away that Satan was really trying to deceive her and really trying to get her to think, um, you know, he couldn't really do that. He couldn't really create all this and, um, you know, just what it was all about. So um, I just got to thinking about even as adults, and I know Eli had mentioned to her too, you know, Tess, that adults struggle with that too, about just the logistics of it all. Like, how could this baby come and um, of a virgin birth? And so... Um, I don't know, I was just kind of blown away even afterwards as we prayed, and I texted my mom and my mother-in-law to pray for her that mm-hmm. um, that we're fighting a spiritual battle and that the battle has been won. I don't know if it was my mom or my mother-in-law that texted that back, but um, that the battle has already been won for us. And so even in the doubt in our mind, whether it's a child or whether it's ourselves, that uh, we just have to lay it down and trust in the Lord. Anyone else before we look to the word over here? I was one of those people that um, had one of those questions, and I guess the I guess the thing that just really overwhelms me is how big he is and how small I am. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, to see in the Bible that he he has a plan for my future, and. Um, uh, you know, when I was a lot younger, um, uh, when I got to be 25, I used to cry every year on my birthday um, because I didn't I didn't know who I was going to marry, um, and I didn't see a, a future there or anything. And I, I I would see each of my brothers and sisters get married, and that wasn't happening for me. 
but God had a plan for me. Uh, and uh, uh, he was preparing both Mike and I for one another. Um, and it's been a great, a great thing for us. Um, it just took us a little longer. Both him and I are stubborn. <laughs> so um, God does things in his own way, and um, we have to be patient for that. Um, and um, he does love us in a, in a beautiful way. Um, my mom um, has had a lot of back problems and is, is handicapped, and she quite often gets depressed, and she wonders why God still has her here. Um, she calls me up, and I'm usually the one that has to pull her out of that depression. Mm-hmm. I'm having a lot of health problems, and um, I just have to lay it at the feet of Jesus mm-hmm. and um, hope that things go okay. So I trust in you as well. Thank you, Sam. Anyone else? Is that a right? Huh? Okay. <laughs> well, I got auctioneer, man. Is that a hand or is that not a hand? We'll make sure. Um, so I was raised in a very strict religion. And uh, when I left it, I swore off God. And um, when I got with Todd... I said, I'm never going to a church, so don't ever ask me. And um, I guess it was love. I decided to come. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it and loved you. And um, then I started meeting with you, and you've helped me work through it. And I feel like I've got my relationship back with God. You said to me, he's never abandoned you, which that made me feel really guilty because I pushed him out. <laughs> And um, my daughter has never been any part of any kind of religion. And she started coming and absolutely loves it. And is constantly asking, when are we going to church? Um, And then um, we got married. And about two weeks later, my dad passed away unexpectedly. And um, that was the first time I'd been in a church with him um, at our wedding. And I went a long time without saying amen after every prayer. And he was holding me right there when you said the prayer before we did our rehearsal. And um, he said amen. And it made me feel like I can do it now. And um, so it's been a struggle. And uh, there's been a lot of issues. And it's very overwhelming to me. And then um, I was just in the hospital. And Pastor Gail texted at like 6, 6, 6.16 in the morning, which I was like, why is he texting me so early? <laughs> um, could, could you say that a little bit louder? <laughs> I think they questioned my time. <laughs> but I told because he wanted to meet, and I told him I was in the hospital, and um, I asked him just to pray for me. And then it was just a couple hours later, you showed up there. And that meant the world to me. It makes me feel like, you know, I do have God in my life, and mm-hmm. it's... It's very overwhelming for me. Yeah. Amen. Anyone else? I, I, you know, we, we, I know we kind of joke about that, you know, about me speaking or whatever, but hey guys, this is what it's about. I'm not so sure it is 
I mean, yeah, I can, we can stand and we can have someone kind of teach and maybe bring the, you know, like uh, we, where we look to the Word. It's important to look to the Word. It's important to be intentional in looking to the Word. But the body is about, I mean, it's about, this is about God. It's not about my perspective of, hey, let me share with you my perspective of what I think God, and, and I do believe that. God gives us a message. I do believe that. But this is about God. We're talking about God. We're talking about how God is interacting with us. And this is extremely overwhelming and overpowerful to me. That we're standing and people are saying, this is what's happening in our, my life. This is how God is overwhelming me. Uh, the, the, kind of the story behind Janae's story in the hospital earlier that morning, remember we've been praying for Ted Woodfill and, and then found out Ted Vassar was having a, a, a procedure as well. And Ted's sitting in here and his uh, procedure went very, very well. And he's, he's here worshiping with us. Uh, Ted Woodfill's procedure went very, very well. And they, they're thinking he might be coming home. Uh, today, I believe, or tomorrow, just get it, making sure everything's up uh, from a from a bypass surgery. Uh, Bob Warner is home now. We've been praying for Bob, uh, and there's there's others, and I don't want to miss others. My wife and, and and others that we've been praying for. God is incredibly awesome. God's incredible, incredibly awesome, and very loving. So um, let me just lead us into a word of prayer, and then I want to spend a few moments in the in the Word, and then and then we'll we'll continue our time with some singing, Father. Thank you so much for your presence here this morning. It's not presence, your presence where you, you, you do live and breathe through your, through you and reveal yourself through your word, but you also do it when you interact with us. And it's very powerful as people stand and they, they praise and they worship you and they give you glory on how you are interacting in their life and how you've been interacting in their life. I pray that you would just continue to do that. I pray that we would be blessed by that. I pray that if there are doubters in here this morning, that uh, they would see that you are very much alive and that you very much love them in a very, very overwhelming way. And so we just, uh, again, we want to make sure that all that we do and say today is about you and bringing you glory. And so we just give you praise and lift you up. Um, And it's in your name we, we ask and pray all these things. Amen. Hey, I want to share something real quick with you. I have not done this. This is kind of awkward, just kind of interjected in right now. But um, I'm going to, Pat Finning is going to be speaking next week. I will come back and I'm speaking on the 7th of January. And then I'm immediately leaving. I've got an opportunity to go to Israel. And so um, I'm going to be on uh, away for about 10 days on a tour in Israel uh, with my cousin who's a pastor uh, over in Chicago. And he called me up a while back and said, hey, I got a great opportunity um, and would love for you to be a part of this tour with me. And so um, he invited me and really uh, created an opportunity that is just this beyond measure. So uh, please pray for me as I'm going to be going, but that's gonna, it's just going to be an awesome time to go to Israel and see, you know, uh, kind of be where, where we talk about things and, and uh, what, the, what the Word teaches us and things like that. But I wanted to share that with you. I've shared it with uh, uh, elders and some of the others, but I haven't, I don't know why I haven't shared with you guys just to kind of let you, I guess, celebrate with me if you would, hopefully. Uh, hopefully you're not praying for my demise over there, whatever, so. Anyhow. But, um, so, so, so we're, the, the passage of Scripture that came to my mind real quick, it, uh, very quickly, and, and, and uh, you guys probably have passages of scripture that's popping in your mind. We start talking about the gift of Christ. On, honestly, well, the one that really popped into my mind was this, and it's going to sound kind of funny, but in Romans chapter seven, I want you to listen to the words of Paul. And to me, just he he, he talks about he says this. 
He says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold as a slave to sin. For I do not understand what I'm doing because I, don't, I do not practice what I want to do, but, what I want, but I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now I am no longer the, the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I'm no longer the one that does it, but it is sin that lives in me. So I discover this law. When I want to do what is good, evil is present with me. For in my inner self, I delight in God's law, but I see a different law in the parts of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin in the parts of my body. What a wretched man I am. And you're going to think, how is that about the love of Christ? The next sentence. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, with my mind, I myself am serving the law of God. But with my flesh, the law of sin. Then he goes in and talks about the condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That, to me, is the gift of God. The gift of Christ. God's love. Later on, I think it's in Colossians, he talks about all these things being nailed to the cross. All these desires and all these things that, that, that trip us up. All these things that, 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 that weigh us down. All these things that can cloak to us has been nailed to the cross. Meaning they've been crucified. We now have new natures. I love how Paul writes that. Because when I read that, and, and I've read that so many times in my life, because there's times where, just like Janae was saying, there's times where you, you, you know you've pushed God away. You know you've pushed God away. Your, your selfish desire came in. There's things that you wanted to do. There's things that your will takes over. You're who you are. You're, you're kind of this inner, this inner self, not inner self, but this, 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 this flesh, right? This flesh kind of takes over and you push God to the side. What's really sad at times is when, uh, when some of us, when we do it, we don't even see us ourselves doing it because we're not even that aware. Some people around us see it. And some people around us look at us and say, man, what's going on? You know, and, and a lot of times we don't like that. We don't like accountability. We don't like someone coming in and saying, hey, man, what's what's taking place here? This isn't this kind of isn't you, man. This isn't who you are. But that's what happens. And it's so easy for that to, for that to take place. But when I read that, it's just this 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 good news sweeps over me that says, yes, God, Jesus is the one that delivers us from that. Jesus is the one. And when I can live my life in the state of like what he talks about, in what Luke nine or Luke six, where he says, uh, surrendering the self, you know, uh, dying to self, picking up your cross and following me daily. That's what it's about. And when we do that, that's when I think the love of God just continues to sweep over us because it's not about us. It's not about me pursuing my will. It's not about me advancing my agenda. It's not about me advancing my crappy personality at times. It's about me understanding that I'm me and that I'm human. And that that needs to be sacrificed. That needs to be given to, the, to, to, to God 
and God takes and God just he takes all that junk and sweeps it away. And as you know, as it says, as far as the east is from the west and, and his love just just literally overwhelms us. Where in Ephesians, where Paul says he just lavishly blesses us with all these spiritual blessings. That's who God is. That's who God is. Man, you talk about a new talk about observing Christmas in a different way. If we would just take moments to say, you you know, back out of this and take a big snapshot, a picture. Like I shared with you when I when I uh, talked to a couple people about this idea, a couple people. I'm talking about another pastor or so. He said, "Why on earth would you ever do that?" Which then kind of made me nervous because I'd already done it, right? And then I'm thinking kind of like, Keith, yeah, I'm not, I'm going up and I'm not prepared at all. You know, I feel like I'm going up naked, man. I don't, I'm going to, you know, I don't, I'm not armed. And then I, and then you know what I thought, honestly? It's like God just overwhelmed me saying, this is about me. When has this become about you? When has this become about us? When have we, when has Christmas, you know, we make it gross and we say, well, it's about us. We want the, you know, you know, we have these expectations or these perceptions. And God kind of gets squeezed out. This, to me, what we've done here in the past few weeks has been awesome because we've had to lean on God. I've had to lean on God. And God's shown up. And you guys have stood and you guys have shared how God is working in your life. And it is extremely powerful. And many people have commented on how much they've appreciated hearing other people's story because it brings hope to them. And it brings encouragement and excitement. We've truly celebrated the gospel, I think, of Christmas this year. I've really enjoyed this series. I'm going to close with a word of prayer. And I pray that, um, I pray that you've really resonated with the gospel of Christmas this year as well. And that... Um, Maybe this is something we can do throughout, sporadically throughout the year. Just, you know, kind of take a, take a, take a uh, step off of the usual things that we can control and lean more on God. And, and um, consequently what happens is, though, God gets glory. Because <laughs> this is all we're talking about is God's grace. God's glory, who God is. That's all we've been doing these past few weeks is just saying, God overwhelms me with His faithfulness. His his love, his gift of grace, his uh, for you know forgiveness, all these things we have just been celebrating the, the who God is, and God's been glorified, and I thank you that we've been able to do that over these past few weeks and worship Him. Why don't you stand with me? Let me close my time here uh, with a word of prayer, and then we're going to close with a couple songs and um, other things, Father. Thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much that you we you overwhelm us in so many ways. And what's so awesome is when people finally let go of that control and just fall back in your arms, we just become enveloped in your presence in a way that just blows our minds. Would you help us today to let go? Would you help us to fall back into your arms and be enveloped by your love and your presence in a way that we might not have experienced before, ever? 
I pray that this would be the one year that our minds and hearts would be waking up and we would encounter you in new and fresh ways. We so much love you. And we just pray that you have received glory today and that you continue to receive glory as we finish these last few pieces of our worship time with you. And it's in your powerful name, your son's name, Jesus, that we pray these things. Amen.